There's been a bunch of top prospect debuts. Taj Bradley, Edward Julian in the bigs, Kumar Rocker makes his first start in the minors, and we got our hands on one of the pre-stickied AA Southern League baseballs. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, editor-in-chief of Bravestoday.com, freelance baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen. Every single day, we're probably part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And today's episode is made possible by our friends at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. It's been a big week in baseball, big week in the prospect world. We've seen some of the top guys finally get promoted uh, and either make their big league debuts, or for one of them, Kumar Rocker in the second segment, made his professional baseball debut. So, Taj Bradley, one of the top uh, right-handed pitching prospects in all of baseball. We talked about him on Tuesday's show as a AAA guy who would get to come up uh, and and play this season. He gets called up because Zach Eflin goes on the injured list. So he is in line for a start against the Red Sox. He's starting at home. He's starting on his mother's birthday. That was a cool story. She apparently goes to his games. She keeps score. He has a custom scorebook. But on on her birthday, he goes out against the Red Sox. Five innings pitched, five hits, three runs, all earned, one walk to eight strikeouts. And what I really kind of appreciated about this start and watching Taj Bradley work is, one, I didn't know if they would let him finish the fifth inning. He had a little bit of struggles. You know, of, of the six hard-hit balls that he gave up in the game, uh, three of them were in that final inning, but ultimately gets out, uh, again, five hits, three runs, one walk to eight strikeouts. And the walk is the very first batter of the game. He walks leadoff batter Alex Verdugo, then he gets his first professional strikeout of Rafael Devers, and then gets Justin Turner to any inning double play, erases that. From, from the point where he got that first strikeout, he retired eight consecutive batters. Gives up a leadoff double in the fourth. I believe that was Verdugo again. That runner comes around to score. And then he gives up two runs in the fifth. Uh, Was mostly fastball. And then, as we kind of expected, that cutter-slider hybrid thing that he has. It's uh, StatCast had it as a cutter. So he throws 42 fastballs. Averages 95 on those. Touches 98. Throws 23 cutters. Uh, averages 88, touches 92, throws 11 curveballs and two changeups. Gets six swings and misses on the fastball. Did a really good job when you look at the uh, the heat map. Did a really good job of elevating the fastball, having guys swing underneath it. Ended up having a CSW, so called strikes plus whiffs of 24% on the four seam fastball. Got one swing and miss on the cutter, 43% CSW though. A lot of called strikes on that. Uh, of the 11 curveballs, two swings and misses, ends up being 64%, but again, very small sample size on the CSW percentage, and then two change-ups, uh, one of them was swung at, and it was put into play. Again, total of six hard-hit balls 
which is a, defined as a ball of 95 miles an hour or greater, but no barrels, did not give up a single barreled ball in the outing. Uh, hard hit ball in the third was a ground ball. Hard hit balls in the fourth was a second, was a double and a single, led to a run. And then in the fifth, a fly ball and two singles, which ended up leading to runs there. So all in all, I felt really good about Taj Bradley and what he was doing. It looked like he's comfortable. It looked like he he was able to navigate the lineup, did not have any sort of issues. I mean, Verdugo got on twice, but other than that, very impressed. And you see why he was considered one of the top prospects in baseball, despite not having two great starts in Durham. I was a little concerned about how deep he would be able to go into the game because in those two combined starts in Durham this year, he's got seven innings pitched. But again, goes five innings in this outing. Looks good. Very happy with what Taj Bradley was able to do. From what I understand, the original plan was this was going to be a spot start. You come up, you start, and you go back down. Word is he'll stay in the rotation for at least one more turn through. Part of that's Eflin's not ready to come back. And so he'll get, I think he lines up for a start maybe Sunday or, or, but either way, lines up for a start against the Cincinnati Reds. So very excited to see what happens there. Uh, the other debut, if you've listened to this, my everydayers know about this, but Edward Julian of the Twins was called up to, uh, to replace the injured Joey Gallo, who went on the IL, uh, p- batting Eighth, playing second base, which we know that second base or whatever defensive position Julian plays is not necessarily, he's not there to play defense. He can do it. He'll be fine. He made every defensive play uh, that he needed to in that start on Wednesday. There was one ball uh, that got past him. It was ruled a hit, not a pass ball, not an error, defensive error, anything like that, but went over two in the game, did walk. Of course he did. That's the name of his game. Was taken out in the eighth for a defensive replacement. So three total at-bats. Got on base once. And then two walks. I'm sorry. And then over two. No uh, no official hit yet. But he has been on base. Which you absolutely love to see. We're uh, big fans of Edward Julian here. And now that he has made the bigs. He was the prospect of the pod. We have one of those, you know, we have we constantly have a prospect of the pod, a higher level, you know, upper minors prospect that we're trying to get to the bigs. We now have to have to decide on who the new one's going to be. So if you have suggestions on that, let us know. I think we're going to have the answer later in the show in the second segment. In just a minute, I want to talk about some notable debuts and uh, early season performances in the minors, including the first professional start for Kumar Rocker. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Rocket Money. Uh, Try it free for 30 days is the big thing that a lot of companies use to get you to sign up to their service with the goal of forgetting about it. And then they continue to bill you for months and months and months. Over 80% of people have subscriptions that they have forgotten about. So you could be wasting money not even realizing it. Rocket Money helps you find those forgotten subscriptions so you can stop paying for ones you don't use. Uh, the There was a study done, and most Americans think that they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions. The actual total is closer to 200 If you don't know exactly how much money you're spending on these subscriptions every month, you need Rocket Money. It's a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, 
also monitors your spending and it helps you lower your bills all in one place. I found out when I downloaded and installed Rocket Money, gave it all the access it needed, that I was still paying for Peacock. I had gotten Peacock to watch the Sunday morning games last year. I was still paying for it over the offseason. So we canceled Peacock and I saved a little, bit of, a little bit of money myself. So there's a testimonial that it legitimately does work. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash MLB. That's rocketmoney.com slash MLB to try Rocket Money. Rocketmoney.com slash MLB. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Game Time. I'm recording this on a Thursday. I went to a minor league baseball game just last night in Montgomery. It's going to come up in the third segment. That's why I wanted to bring it up. Uh, I had passes to get in. If I didn't, the way that I would have gotten access to that game is Game Time. The whole concept of like spontaneously deciding to go to an event, a concert, uh, a, a, a play, a comedy show, a ball game. That is very hard for me to just drop what I'm doing and go. And the biggest source of frustration that I've noticed is trying to make sure that I can get tickets and get tickets at a reasonable price. I usually assume I'm not going to be able to find them. And if I do find them, they're going to be prohibitively expensive. And so that's what I love about game time. It is the place for last minute ticket deals. You don't have to plan months in advance. They have deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. They have exclusive flash deals on tickets for all kinds of different sports and events. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. It is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. They give you an image of your seats before you buy so you know exactly what to expect and what your sight lines will be when you get there. You buy them in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're all set, and the tickets go straight to your phone. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms and conditions do apply, but again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Okay, talking about memorable debuts, we saw the uh, the official debut of uh, Kumar Rocker in professional baseball. Uh, the story now for Kumar Rocker is is very is understood. Freshman of the year at Vanderbilt in 2019, him and Jack Leiter uh, both in the system. Rocker gets taken tenth in 2021 uh, by the Mets. Leiter goes to the Rangers, and then the Mets. Don't even offer him a, sign, a, a contract to sign. They see something in the medicals that they don't like. Uh, he can't go back to college. He goes to the uh, Frontier League. It's an MLB partner league. So they have some of the stuff set up for, for data collection and everything. He, he's there for a while. Uh, you know, Pitches all in the spring after a cleanup procedure in the fall after the draft. Uh, goes and ends up being taken third overall pick by the Rangers. He did not pitch in the regular season after getting drafted. He did not pitch an instructional league. They sent him to the Arizona Fall League. And in the Fall League, he looked okay. Like 14 innings pitched, 18 strikeouts, but 12 walks, which is very uncharacteristic. And a lot of stuff that people saw was like the arm slot was noticeably lower. He was 
His his mechanics were a little bit different. He was standing taller than he usually does. Uh, wasn't really using the lower part of his body, uh, lower arm slot. And so there was questions. We were all really excited to watch what he did when he debuted. He is in high A hickory, and his first debut was absolutely fantastic. Five innings pitched, two hits, no runs, no walks, eight strikeouts on 53 pitches. 41 of those are strikes. Uh, It's something where... He struck out at least two guys in every single inning. He faced 17 total batters. uh, And of these 17 batters, again, 53 pitches, but struck out two in the first, struck out uh, four straight batters at one point in time, the last two guys in the second, and the first two guys in the third, uh, strikes out two in the fourth, and then gets a 1-2-3 inning with no strikeouts, but a 1-2-3 inning in the fifth to sit down. So mechanically didn't look exactly like he did in college, but a lot of the issues that we saw in the AFL were better. Uh, It was again, like the, the release point itself, the arm slot itself, those were noticeably different in the AFL. Uh, It looked closer to normal in this outing for Hickory than it did in the AFL. Not quite sure why Uh, the arm speed on the off-speed, and on the the breaking stuff. So, you know, the slider, the changeup, when he was in the AFL, the arm speed was, like, noticeably slower. So, it's not something you really can pick up from the plate. Uh, so, it wasn't like he was, he was tipping the pitches off of that, but something where you would definitely notice it from the stands, off of video, things like that. Uh, that appeared to be better. I wouldn't say that it's back. I wouldn't say that it's 100% fixed, but it did look much better. And I do think a lot of that stuff goes back to that shoulder was the uh, surgically repaired shoulder. He had that cleanup procedure after the draft with the Mets where he wasn't uh, where he wasn't signed. And so the thought process is a lot of those, a lot of that arm slot stuff was him just trying to protect the shoulder and uh, uh, kind of lessen the stresses on it. Again, looked better in Hickory. Not 100% fixed where it was in college, but looked a lot better. And again, uh, the the control, much, much closer to where it was in college. I want to say his last year of college, uh, he he walked less than two guys per nine. And this was very much, or maybe two and a half per nine. And this was very much closer to to that than where it was when he was in the Arizona Fall League. So you feel good there. Another guy that had debuted, but is just having an amazingly hot start to the season, is third baseman Brett Beatty of the Mets. So you'll remember, last year got 95 games between AA and AAA, mostly in AA. 89 of those 95 games were in AA. 315, 410, 533. So 345 slash line gives us a dude here. 19 home runs, 41 extra base hits in 95 games. So close to having won every other game. Not quite there. 49 walks to 104 strikeouts. Close to having half the number of walks to strikeouts or better. So close, but not quite there. Two is six on stolen bases. Gets called up to the bigs. First hit is a home run. Plays in 11 games. 
Batting average isn't great in that small sample, like 184, 244, 342, has a wrist injury, misses the rest of the season. I'm sorry, a uh, uh, thumb, thumb ligament, the end of August, misses the rest of the season, still has rookie eligibility. Uh, in AAA Syracuse, Brett Beatty looks like an absolute monster. So, and granted, smaller sample size, seven games, but 333, 455, 741 slash line. Three home runs, five extra base hits, six walks to eight strikeouts, and two or three on stolen bases. The bigger thing to me, I guess the two big things to me, is one, the defense has looked better. That was one of the knocks on Beatty was at best he would give you average defense. Uh, He worked with Eric Chavez in the offseason. From what I understand, the defense, I would feel comfortable saying he's at least going to be average with a chance at above average, whereas before you were looking at he is below average with a chance of, or he is fringe with a chance of getting to average. So, That was a step that he had to take. And we see guys' defense get better as they move up in the minors. That's something that kind of naturally comes with age, with experience, and professional baseball. The other thing, he has put, as of Wednesday night, so this is not counting what he does on Thursday, he has put 19 balls into play. 15 of those 19 classify as hard hit balls. So 95 miles an hour or higher. 78.9% of every ball that he has put into play has been a hard-hit ball. And here's the thing. He's a lefty. He looks really good from the left-hand side. Eduardo Escobar, who is the starting third baseman for the Mets right now, switch hitter, um, he is... Escobar has not looked good from the left-handed side. He is completely lost as a lefty. As a righty... He looks okay, but the stats are bad. And granted, smaller sample sizes, 12 games for Eduardo Escobar at the major league level. Uh, This season, he's uh, like 34 years old. But 103, 143, 205 slash line. One home run, two extra base hits, two walks to 11 strikeouts. So this is something where we are officially adopting Brett Beatty as prospect of the pod. We need the Mets to call up Brett Beatty. Eduardo Escobar is, uh, he's, he's a clubhouse guy. He's a glue guy. He makes the plays that he needs to make defensively. He's not outstanding, and he's definitely not good enough defensively to make up for a 103 batting average on a contending team like the Mets are. The Mets are trying to win the division away from Atlanta. Uh, they they thought they had it last year and they lost it down the stretch. They can't afford to continue carrying a 103 batting average in an everyday starting role. Brett Beatty should be called up. Give him the strong side of the platoon. If you want to sit him against righties, I'm sorry, if you want to sit him against lefties, I get it. I don't think you probably should, but if you want to, you could do that. You could also use him some in left field. He can play some left field, but the New York Mets need to have official prospect of the pod, Brett Beatty, up in New York sooner rather than later. In just a minute, we have our hands on one of the new pre-sticky Southern League baseballs. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends with Ultimate Pro Baseball GM. 
really fun game. I've really enjoyed this baseball game. I thought I could be a major league GM. It turns out maybe I probably have to have people to help me with this because you control every single aspect of an MLB front office. You're hiring coaches, you're hiring staff, you're navigating free agency, you're scouting and drafting and developing players, uh, managing team finances. I've got a lot of that stuff. I am not good at dealing with, with the personalities. I struggle a lot with the personalities and managing the different personalities in your clubhouse, in your system, amongst your staff, things like that. But all of this stuff in the app, it's a challenging and realistic game world. Uh, but the fun thing about this app, Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free. It's playable offline. You can play on the go as you want and when you want to. And what's really cool is you can make a league with you and your friends. It gives you a code. Your friends put the code in and they can join the league. So we have a league set up between a bunch of the different Locked on MLB hosts. And we're competing with one another to see who is better at different things. I have the best farm system, as you can imagine. Obviously, that's what we do here on this show. But uh, Jeff Ellis from Locked on Guardians is an amazing drafter, and he's, which he covers the draft or he used to cover the draft professionally, and he is very good at running a franchise. Brett from the Houston Astros, or from Locked on Astros, has already been fired like twice. So it's, it's a lot of fun to kind of like have bragging rights with your friends and be able to play with your friends. It's, again, it, you can play on the go as little or as often as you want to. You play offline. It syncs to the servers later, so you don't have to have internet access to play. And... Locked in MLB Prospects listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when you use the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, visit probaseballgm.com, scan the code on the screen if you're on YouTube, or look it up in the app store. It's probaseballgm.com for the Ultimate Baseball GM app. Start your dynasty today. Okay, we talked on here uh, about a week or two ago about all of the rule changes coming to minor league baseball. And one of the big rule changes that not a lot of people have talked about are the different baseballs. So, Major League Baseball has been dealing with the sticky stuff issue now for, what, two seasons, I think? And so, they're doing the checks, the spot checks of people and things like that. One of the, one of the measures that they are taking to, com to combat the sticky stuff is trying to develop a pre-sticky baseball. And they've worked with Dow Chemical to figure that out. They have something, and they are testing it in the first half of the season in the AA Southern League. We were lucky enough Wednesday night, me and a couple listeners of the show, members of our Discord, we were there to watch, we were in Montgomery, Alabama, to watch Tennessee take on Montgomery, so Cubs versus uh, Rays affiliates. Owen Casey hit three home runs. I didn't know Palencia looked really good on the mound. Pete Crow Armstrong is everything you thought he was and more. But biggest thing here, we got our hands on one of the baseballs. So uh, I know most everybody who listens to this or who consumes this show is on audio. So I'm going to do my best to do this via audio versus just video. But if you're on YouTube, you can see the two balls. So last year's ball, I've got last year's ball. It is an official MLB baseball. Uh, a ball that I have from a few seasons ago is a significantly different ball. It actually says official ball Southern League versus official Major League Baseball. And the Southern League ball, the Southern League branded ball from a few years ago, actually has a Made in China mark on it. Uh, it is from Rawlings, 
who makes all of the MLB balls and is partly, I think partially or completely owned by MLB now. But uh, the double A and lower had different baseballs. From last year, I've got th- this ball actually signed by a player. Um, I didn't ask for the signature, but I got it. It is an official Major League Baseball. Has the Rob Manfred signature on it. And you can see the characteristic discoloration of the ball. You may not see it too well on the screen, but when you look at it, it has that that darker tint to it because this is the way these baseballs come. They come out of the box, they're a little slick, and they get rubbed up with that Delaware mud. Uh, it's a, the proprietary thing that MLB has that nobody else has access to. It's like a secret location they don't talk about somewhere on the Delaware River, and they rub all the balls up. And MLB has done a lot of work to try to standardize that process. They've made sheets that go out to all the teams with pictures of the colors that are acceptable for the ball and what is under and what is over mudded. This, the idea behind this new ball is we don't have to worry about all of that because before it gets to the team, this is an official MLB ball made in Costa Rica by hand like all the MLB ones are. Uh, it is pre-treated with a chemical from Dow Chemicals. And so you can immediately feel a difference when you grab it. It's very, I'm the word that I wanted to say when I first felt it was it almost felt chalky. Like there's no residue visible on your hands, but it feels a little chalky when you grab it. Uh, My wife held them both and she said, it feels like the old ball is leather and the new ball is almost like suede. And I think that's a good way to describe it. So it has a different feel in the hand when your hands are dry. Again, it feels a little bit chalky. When you come off and you've been holding one of these, your hands feel like they have a little bit of residue on them. Nothing visible, but it just it's a chalky kind of feeling on the ball itself. When you get your hands wet, I've got a cup of water here and just kind of dipping my fingers in the water. When you get your hand wet, you can immediately tell a difference in the ball as far as how how much your hand your fingers adhere to the ball it's not anything egregious it doesn't fall out of your hand differently if you you know like let go it just immediately falls it doesn't stick to your hand like st- like a like sticky stuff used to do but you can feel a textural difference when your hands are wet i don't have any sunscreen in my office I I imagine sunscreen would enhance that a little bit, but it definitely does have a slightly tackier texture. And as somebody who has never been a professional pitcher, but has thrown plenty of baseballs, I do feel like I have pretty good grip of this baseball with hands that are slightly damp. And so it's really interesting watching last night. It looked like there were some pitchers that struggled with it. And there were some pitchers that looked fine. Palencia looked fine. He, he, he pitched well. He was running fastball up to over 100 miles an hour. He looked fine. Again, this feels like it would be better to throw with than last year's ball. Because last year's ball feels smoother. It, you know, it, it's, it's been mudded up, but it still feels like a smoother baseball. And so I feel like this would be harder to grip and throw. Whereas this newer pre-tacky ball, again, is a little bit almost chalky when your hands are dry, but when your hands are wet, it very much feels like there's more texture to the surface of the ball, to the leather, 
and it, like it would be easier to throw. So very intrigued to see what performance numbers we get out of the Southern League this year versus last year, and probably going to be specifically looking for pitchers that were in the league both years and or guys that are known for having either a lot or a very good breaking ball to see what the characteristics of those balls do year over year. Do they get better? Do they get worse? What happens? Probably some ancillary stuff around hit by pitch and things like that because part of the argument for Rosin and whatnot is control, but find it very interesting. We'll make a point to take some more photos of this ball, some nicer quality lighting photos, put them up on our Twitter account. And speaking of that, if you have questions or anything for the, for the show, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball, show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm. You can email us, LockedMLBProspects at gmail.com or drop your questions into LockedMLBProspects Discord. Links in the episode description, links in the show notes. Until tomorrow's show, remember, it's always a great time to pay a minor leaguer.